Welcome to the Student of the Game Fire Podcast with your host, Danny B. Today's guest is Jason Worthy, 15 years all career with the Pelham Batesville Fire Department in South Carolina, a newly promoted lieutenant on Platform 55. Jason was around the fire service most of his life while being able to watch his father perform blue-collar work. Jason believes in physical fitness and that it is paramount we continue pushing forward, making positive strides rising to the best level of our ability for the ones who will need us most. With that, I present Mr. Jason Worthy. Uh, I'm Jason Worthy. Um, I am a lieutenant at Pelham Batesville Fire Department. Got 15 years in the fire service. Uh, I'm a second generation fireman. Uh, my dad was a, a fireman at the city of Spartanburg for 30 plus years. Uh, and I kind of followed his footsteps. He was also the chief of volunteer department in our hometown. Um, I spent a lot of my childhood not wanting to be a fireman, actually. <laughs> and actually, my dad encouraged me at the time to pursue other options. So I went to Clemson University and got my degree in fisheries and wildlife biology. Um, also started running a business, uh, automotive business when I was in college. Um, and I came out and had some guys who talked me into coming and testing at the city of Spartanburg. Uh, I mean, I grew up at the place. I grew up around the fire service. So a lot of those guys were my friends outside of the fire department. Uh, and they told me to come test, uh, said to give it a try. Of course, they used the schedule as a, a tactic to get me in. <laughs> um, I tested, uh, got hired at the city of Spartanburg. That's where I started my career. Uh, Went to the fire academy and man, the 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 first couple of weeks of fire academy, the first burn, and I knew I knew that this is what I was called to do, and that this is what I'd spend the rest of my life doing. Uh, so that's how I, how I got here. Uh, it's I, a lot of times I find it interesting because you know I, I grew up around the fire, so I grew up in the firehouse. Uh, my dad was chief of one department, assistant chief of another department, so uh, there was never a time that I remember not being at the firehouse, uh, not working around a, a firefighter schedule and not having meals interrupted by calls. Uh, and for a lot of years, I thought that that had turned me away from the fire service, but you can't deny God's calling. And uh, I learned quick that, that that's what I was called to do. So. Okay. All right. Um, for those that don't know, can you tell us a little bit about the, uh, your department now, the size, how many stations call by things of that nature? Absolutely. We're not a humongous department. Uh, we are a three-station department. We're on three engines, a ladder, and a battalion, and a rescue. Uh, we're still working on staffing. Uh, we just went to three-man engines all the time uh, as our minimum staffing. Right now, the ladder still staffed for two, uh, which is, as everybody knows, behind the times. Uh, we're, we run a true truck. Uh, right now, we our current platform does have uh, a tank and pump. We have one on order that does not. It will be a true truck. Uh, at that time, we hope to combine our rescue and our ladder. Right now, we're jumping between the ladder truck and the rescue, depending on calls. Um, we run mutual aid with five other departments. Uh, they're part of a, a group called the East Greenville uh, Mutual Aid Agreement. Uh, and we 
we run with them. So depending on how we get dispatched, uh, some structure fires were dispatched as a rescue when we take the rescue, some structure fires dispatched as a truck when we take the truck. Uh, not ideal at all, uh, but we're working towards getting rid of that and becoming one unit. Um, and I think that'll happen when we get our new truck in. Uh, but yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's kind of a little bit about us. We don't run a, a ton of calls. We run uh, medical first response and fire wrecks. Uh, so our call volumes about 1500, uh, a year, uh, 1500 to 2000. And I think we we're a little above that now. Uh, but that's that's our our call volume and kind of a little bit about our department. Okay, all right. I totally understand your sentiments on uh, having to to rotate trucks because one thing, like one pet peeve of mine, was that I I can never set my gear how I want it because it's like you're you're having to jump from truck to truck. So I I totally get your sentiments on that. Um, with your new ladder, uh, how how I. How are you guys going to combine the rescue and a ladder? I guess I guess you're going to spec it where you can put tools and have ladder functions on it as well. That's right. We spec the truck when we ordered it with uh, a lot of planning went into it. I was actually part of the truck committee, and uh, we spec it to have compartment space where we can have all of our rescue stuff. We're not going to have everything that's on the rescue truck on the ladder truck, but we will have enough to to run both. Um, okay. So we we spent that way. Spent a lot of time planning uh, and, and looking at at other people who were doing it and are doing it well, and kind of seeing how they lay things out and what they're carrying. And we we kind of combined a little bit of a lot of departments to uh, come up with our current plan. Okay. All right. Uh, with you being the lieutenant on the ladder, and I, I mean you, you're definitely humble enough to mention that your department's kind of behind the times, but not at, it's not at your your, your fault or your department's fault. It's just the way things are with certain in certain areas and demographics. But how is it having to work with just you and your driver as a true truck company? Okay. So uh, I'm going to blow your mind a little bit more. Uh, I don't have a driver. Uh, we, we just made promotions. Uh, I promoted a lieutenant, I think in August. Uh, so I'm, I'm a new lieutenant. And when we made those promotions, this was part of our step forward and right now I don't have a driver. So I'm driving and running the truck as the boss. So it's me and a firefighter, uh, oh. at least right now. Uh, okay. So it's, of course, if you know truck work and you know true truck work, the guys who do it well, it's work. Uh, so we uh, we strive hard to do more work with less. Mm -hmm. uh, we carry more tools with us when we go. We carry our own ladders. We, uh, we try to be as prepared as we can be so that we can get the work done with two people. Now, that being said, like I mentioned earlier, we don't do run mutual aid. Uh, so every structure fire, we're getting a ladder and a rescue or a two ladders and a rescue. So uh, we do have help coming, uh, but we try to get it done with two people, uh, which means we're working hard and we're working fast. Um, and everybody who knows me and, and how I like the truck to run knows that we're going to work hard and we're going to work fast. The, the, we train that way so that we can perform that way when the time comes. Okay. And if I heard you right, as the boss, you're also wheeling the ladder. You're not riding the right seat. The firefighter that is, is. That is correct as of right now. The, as of right now. Hopefully shortly, I'm going to have a driver. But right now, I am still wheeling the ladder and, and the boss. Okay. How much does that affect your – well, I don't want to say affect, but like – 
you know, it, it, it'd be one thing if you were riding that right seat and you had, you know, somebody else wheeling for you. But with you having to wheel and be the boss, I mean, I, how do you find the balance with that? It's tough, man. It's tough. It's a lot to think about. Um, typically, I've been really lucky. Uh, I've had really good firefighters with me, senior guys. Uh, so though they're not driving, I can trust them to, you know, talk on the radio. Uh, and I can, I can trust them to help me make decisions as we get there. Uh, because I'm, I'm thinking about a lot. I'm thinking about, you know, clearing intersections. And and also in my the back of my mind, I'm thinking about, all right, what's our game plan? Like when we pull up, are we going straight to search? Are we going to be the second ladder? And that's going to, our job's going to be to start venting. Like, so it's just a lot to think about. Uh, and I just, I try to do my best to do both. Uh, driving, getting us there is our top priority until we get there. Uh, and then once we get there, I try to, to switch that thinking. Once we get, if we have to set up, once we get set up, uh, and that's a, a two-person operation. We do it. We found that we can do it and do it quick with two people. So uh, we both jump out and know what we're supposed to do. It helps that we train so much that I don't have to say a lot to my fireman uh, because he he knows what I want and how I want it as soon as we come off the truck. Uh, okay. If I was having to tell him every step plus do all the driving, it would make it even harder. So Okay. Uh, the the current apparatus that you're on now, um, do you guys have a routine of like, is it a truck where you got to set out your pads manually and, yes, and pin it and things of that nature? Yes, sir. Okay. Okay. So that, that always helps that you guys have a a rapport or a, you know, a common knowledge. Hey, this is how we're going to do it to to try to maximize your your time efficiency. Exactly. And I I had a... The, the before we had bosses on the ladder, we were just a two man truck, a driver and a and a fireman or two drivers. Uh, and I, I had a really good mentor on the truck who taught me a lot. Uh, and a lot of what I do mimics what he taught me um, as far as our speed and the way we set the truck up. Uh, I, I can't take credit for it. Uh, I, I love the truck and I love going and training and learning new stuff. But a lot of what I do and how I operate comes from from him. Okay. All right. Uh personal question and if you don't want to answer it's fine your dad was on spartanburg yes sir uh, but you're not that's right like i mean did, did you did you try and then just just end up trying to go go somewhere else that that fit, that fit you or because you know a lot of some individuals whenever like they have a a a family member or definitely like a father in the fire service. Some of them don't want to be compared to, cause it happens, you know, like, Hey, you know, your dad, you should do this. You're not like, and I'm sure sometimes that plays a role in it. Absolutely. So uh, two sides of that. One side is my dad is super well known in the state. Uh, okay. He's, he did a lot with the state firemen association uh, and the state fire academy. He was an instructor for years. So no matter where I'm at in the state, a lot of times I, I'm still, I'm still my daddy's son. Uh, mm -hmm. so there's no getting out of that. Uh, I didn't leave. I went to the city and, and I really enjoyed the city. To be honest, the only reason I left at the time was money. Uh, and the cities came a long way. Uh, I left there to go somewhere else because the money was better. That's a hundred percent the reason. Uh, nothing negative to say on, on my part about CS Farmer. Still know a bunch of dudes there, a uh, bunch of good friends. Uh, didn't leave there on bad terms at all. Like I said, wasn't really escaping my daddy's shadow, but uh, I was just trying to to go where the money was. Hey, man, just know, yeah, 
doesn't you know you don't need to justify it to me i mean because unfortunately money does play a factor in this world now you know nowadays like you we can't we can't be out there struggling we need to you know find a find a department that that's gonna actually compensate you well uh for 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 your time and no ill shots being thrown at spartanburg you said that they have now come a long way but you know they're not the only ones there are other departments out there with a good group of men and women but they just you know they they can only do what they can do right now that's right and it stays it gets more and more competitive as as time goes on i mean Mm -hmm. i've been at pelham now for 10 years and we've been you know kind of when i got there we were the the leader on the Spartanburg County side of things and, and they were keeping up with the Greenville County side of things. And that's constantly evolving because everybody's trying to get people, as you know, as everybody knows, the fire service is hurting for people in general. So mm-hmm. you see that bump up and it bumps up around us. And then to be competitive, it bumps up. So there's times when we're like at the top and there's times we're in the middle and I'm sure there'll be times we're at the, the bottom. So uh, I kind of learned early on uh, after I made the moves that, you know, that, that would kind of be the ebb and flow of things that there was going to be times where, you know, the city of Sparmer was making a whole lot less money and now they're making competitive money. So. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Uh, one last question with your department on a box alarm. What are you guys getting? So on a structure fire, we are getting four engines, a ladder and a rescue. If it's a residential structure fire, single family home, okay. uh, anything, Outside of that, we get another ladder uh, and two more engines, I believe. Okay. All right. And your mutual aid, about how far out? Oh, we're pretty close to each other. Uh, okay. I, I would say that we're putting everybody on scene in no more than 10 minutes. Okay. All right. Good deal. Good deal. Um, next topic for you. I know it's very near and dear to you. Physical fitness. Yes, sir. Uh how much of a role do you believe that plays into the success or the failures of, of, of our, of ourselves on the fire ground? Man, I, I believe it's everything. Uh, and to be, it, to be a hundred percent transparent and clear, when I got into fire service, fitness was not a top priority. I was an athlete in high school. Uh, I was a three sport athlete. Uh, I got injured early on my sophomore year. Uh, I tore an ACL. I had surgery and then rehab and then, of course, still wanted to play sports. So I come back and then my senior year, I tear it again. So I had an ACL replacement my senior year, same knee. Uh, but that kind of in, – in my brain, that ended sports, which kind of ended fitness uh, at the time. Uh, so I went through college very minimally working out, just go to the gym because it was going to the gym and I had friends going to the gym. Uh, got hired in the fire department. Uh Fitness was not a big part of the the culture there then, uh, but it was also not a huge part of the culture anywhere 15 years ago. Uh, So while I was at the city of Spartanburg, I started just myself beginning a fitness journey. Uh, I had, like a lot of people in the fire service, when you first get in, you know, firemen love to eat. So I was doing lots of eating and not a lot of anything else. Uh, So I had packed up some weight. Uh, So I just started working out to be more fit and to, to lose some weight. And I learned that as I became more fit, I became able to do more and work longer on the fire ground. Uh, that was the beginning of me figuring it out and figuring out like, Hey, the fitter I am, the more work I get to do. Uh, and, and the better I can be at it. I can work faster. Or I can avoid injury. Um, 
so that kind of began my journey into the, the fitness world. And from there, I've, I, I'm a personal trainer on my days off. Um, and that I went and got that personal training certification and, and I've kind of been delving into that. That's like my passion on top of the fire service. So nutrition and performance and then just general fitness, uh, both for firemen. I'm, I'm a huge advocate and a, a huge supporter and believer in fitness in the fire service. Um, and then just for the general public too. Okay. All right. That's cool though. Um, how your, how, how your mindset has shifted into knowing that physical fitness is, is, and is a major component within our profession. But on, on the, on the, on the flip side, with you being a personal trainer, how would you adapt to someone who isn't in the greatest shape? But like, so what I'm trying to say is, you know how like whenever sometimes we do a workout, we go all in. But let's just say you have an individual who's like, man, I'm not really a big CrossFitter. How do you kind of, how do you try to get them to to uh, to partake in, in your exercises? So man, that's a great question. I, uh, and it's something that I've had to kind of develop over time because as a personal trainer in the gym setting, it's easy, right? People are there because they want to be and they, they want right. to uh, So the, the key to it for me is me doing it. And then, so I, I've got a, a group of two or three guys who are always down, always down. Uh, and what I find is the more that we do it and the more that we're in the eye of people in the department, the more people want to join in for one, and for two is, uh, I believe that if we make it functional fire fitness, mm-hmm. um, I'm going to use that term as a, a hot term, but uh, if we if we make it fire stuff, right, like throwing ladders and carrying tools, that, that the buy-in happens a lot faster. Uh, it's hard for people to deny, like, hey, uh, I don't want to go throw that ladder. I don't need to. I don't need to throw the ladder. You're right. Like you, you know, you're going to have to throw the ladder. I don't need to pull hose or. And you'd be surprised at how good of a workout you can come up with. I mean, I can I can put somebody through a fire stuff functional fitness workout and then be just as trash as, as any CrossFit workout they've done. So Okay, I like it. I like it. Um I did I get I did forget to ask you, are you housed at a station with another truck or are you guys just by yourselves? So I'm I'm at our headquarters station, which is okay. the ladder for the platform, uh the engine rescue and a battalion. Okay. Okay. All right. So you're not, you're not by yourself. That's awesome. Not by myself. Cool. 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 Okay. Um, what does the term aggressiveness mean to you? So uh, another hot term in the fire service, right? <laughs> yeah. Controversial hot term. Uh, I know. So being in the group of guys who are always down with me to, to train and who are always pushing me, uh, aggressive to us is moving at a speed that in my opinion is acceptable on the fire service making smart decisions and doing them without a question, without regret. Um, A lot of times as it's it's being talked about a lot of fire service, but, you know, aggression gets mislabeled, right? We, we get told that we're, we're just cowboys, right? We're just out here doing cowboy stuff Mm -hmm. uh, and making dumb decisions and and being too aggressive, um, and and it's the exact opposite. We train very hard, uh, and we try to put ourselves in as many scenarios as we can, both 
100% realistic and some of them that are completely outside of the realm of realism to be ready for the what ifs, right? We can sit and we can talk what ifs all day. And most of the people who are anti-aggression on the fire service are quick to what if you, right? Like, well, you know, why are you doing these rig drills, right? Why are you doing these entanglement boxes? I mean, you would never go in that anyway. That's all. We hear that a lot. Like we should not train our people to go in. And, and though I completely agree, uh, Robert Mirez or Mayday Mindset says it perfect, right? This is never plan A. Uh, and I, I kind of took that from him. Now when I'm training people, I'm like, look, you know, we encounter this in a fire. We're not crawling into this, right? We're finding mm-hmm. another way. But if, if we're searching or we're pushing hose and we have a collapse and now we're entangled, we have to know how to deal with it. We have to know how to, to get out or get forward to get out. Uh, but dealing with, with some of the, the negative what ifs, uh, it, it makes it so that aggression gets a, a bad label. Uh, for me, an aggressive fireman is a smart fireman. He's probably the smartest fireman on the fire ground. Uh, he's making decisions based off experience, training, and knowing what his body is capable of. Uh, and fitness plays right back into that, right? You can't be aggressive if you're not fit. Uh, mm-hmm. You can't be aggressive if you're not well-trained. Uh, outside of having those things, then if you're aggressive, you're not really aggressive. You're just doing cowboy stuff. I like it. They're very well stated, for sure. For sure on that. Okay. For promotion to company officer, are you in favor for a simulated computer fire scenario or a scenario involving real people, uh, real companies in real time at a training center? Okay. So I'll start by saying I did the computer deal. Uh, we had okay. the interview process was a, a panel of chief officers from other departments uh, and we had scenarios, but they weren't necessarily fire scenarios uh, and they weren't on the training ground. It was mostly the fire stuff that we did was computer simulated. Okay. That being said, I'm a humongous fan of an actual on the training ground scenario based evaluation. Okay. Uh, I, I, I wish that we would move towards that. Uh, I think that that's, that will get us better candidates as far as making fire ground decisions in real time, dealing with real stress uh, rather than computer simulated. Okay. Um, uh, oh yeah. My question I had, it was in my head. Um, so you, you've been on your department for 10 years. Yes, sir. What finally made you take the plunge into company officer? Like what, what changed your 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 mindset on that? Your thought process. So I go to a lot of conferences and a lot of trainings. Uh, like I said, I, I try to train hard uh, to to stay proficient at what we do. Uh, that being said, I don't remember who said this, but uh, somewhere there was a, a instructor or a lecturer that made the comment that you know, if we want to see the fire service change, then you know we have to be part of the change. Um. I've been a driver. I had been a driver at my department for seven plus years. Um, And we were at a point where we were, we were going to promote officers to every truck, Uh, whether I tested or whether I didn't, somebody's getting promoted. Uh, And I just made the decision that if, if I wanted to see my department move in a positive direction, I had to be a part of that. Uh, and, And I couldn't necessarily be as much of a part of that from a driver's position. Uh, So, you know, 
we're real quick to sit in the firehouse and complain, complain about the way things are going or decisions that bosses make. Uh, and I just feel like that, you know, it's really hard to sit back and complain if you're not willing to to step up and, and be a part of change. So that's why I took the plunge. Um, it, it's, I think that all of us would rather ride backwards and, and just be firemen for careers. But uh, I also see that if, if the aggressive, smart firemen don't step up and, and take these positions, uh, then the, at least at my department, then we're at risk of going in a bad direction or the opposite direction of where I think we should be headed. Okay. Uh, how long have you been a company officer now? August. August. We finished. August, our, so, I'm pretty sure it was August. Okay. So September, October, November, about three months now. That's correct. Okay. Um, how has that been? How has that shift to that new role been? Has it been an adjustment? Uh, have you seen uh, co-workers and friends of yours kind of look at you different or like, I'm just trying to figure out. So how have you dealt with being in this new role now? So it, it has been, uh, I mean, it's, it's been an adjustment. It's been good. Uh, like I, I'm surrounded on my shift uh, with some great dudes. Um, and to be honest, I feel like they do a really good job of, helping separate those boundaries between boss and friend. Uh, you know, I, I, I've heard it and I've said it myself. You know, if, if you're really my friend, then as a boss, you won't put me in a position where I have to be your boss. Like mm-hmm. I have to do boss stuff. Um, and, and on top of all that, I'll say that it, the dynamic right now, at least for me, uh, it's still a little strange because I'm still willing the truck and being the boss. Yeah, uh, yeah. It doesn't feel a lot different for me right now because I was willing to truck with a fireman before. Uh, and so, and it was even the same fireman for a while. I just had a crew change, but uh, so it, it, it kind of feels the same, but different. If that makes sense. Um, I'm sure as we continue to progress and I get a driver and another firefighter on my truck, which is the plan uh, when we get people hired and we get people trained, then uh I'll probably see even more of a transition. Okay. I mean, yeah, that's, that's something. That's why I, I like talking to different individuals to, 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 to hear how, how they have to operate, you know, no fault of their own two guys on a truck going to work. Um, yeah. Yeah. Cause I mean, that's a lot. I mean, that really is. That's a lot. It's a lot. And it's, it's it, anybody who's run on a truck, even, even a Quint, uh, two people on a truck doing truck work. So it's a lot. Yeah. Anybody yeah. comes to my crew. That's, that's the first thing I say. I was like, Hey, it's just, it's just me and you. We got to go to work. Like there's no standing around. There's no waiting to see you. Like we got to go to work. Yeah. All right. Uh, the next topic for you, actually, uh, another question I'd like yeah. to ask, uh, regarding your department. Uh, what's the type of schedule you guys work? So we're at 2448. One four forty eight. Okay, I know South Carolina is kind of hot with the forty eight ninety six, but they are. And, and discussions have have been it's been discussed in my department. In fact, there's a lot of discussions behind the scenes that happen where people are like, "Hey, what would this be like?" What? But we've not made any steps towards that, and I don't know that that we will. Uh, but uh, I definitely see the benefits to it. Uh, I follow up with a lot of people uh, in the fire service. I've seen the research. I mean, mm-hmm. the research says that it's better than what we're doing now. 
Uh, I'm a research guy. Uh, I like facts. Uh, and when I see it on paper and I see the numbers, it's hard to deny that it's better for us. Uh, now, whether my department buys into that at some point in time or not, I have no idea. Uh, but that's where I stand on it. It, it. On paper, the facts, the research says it's better for us. But. Okay. All right. Um, realistic training on a small budget. I'm not sure what your department's budget is, but I, I know it probably can't compare to a bigger municipality near you. But how do you guys come up with some solid, realistic training? That's a great question. We, we talk about this all the time. Uh, I, I'll also say that my department's blessed. Uh, we have a healthy training budget. Uh, okay. we, we send people all over for training um, and we we spend some some time training. We're currently in the process of hopefully building a training tower at our headquarters. Uh, so right now we, we work out of the mutual aid department's training towers. We have one on each side of us. So, uh, But as far as at the firehouse, me and my guys are – we, we have found that we have to be super resourceful and we have found that you can do a whole lot with just a little bit. Okay. Um, I'll give you an example. My department buys water for the guys. That's one of the things that we get. It's just cases of bottled water so that we don't have to worry about hydration. We probably get one of those a month, but throughout time, those are, those are brought in on pallets. Mm -hmm. And as you've seen on social media and the internet, there's a whole lot you can do with a few pallets. Uh, so we're big on, we'll find pallets and throw them together uh, and, you know, make layouts uh, at our headquarters. We have a, I think the original intent for it was for it to be a storage mezzanine, uh, second story, uh, but we got a hold of it and now it's, it's our training mezzanine and we basically use pallets to make different apartment style layouts and okay. We can throw just about any scenario uh, we have. It has a window, so it was kind of intended for some training, some rope stuff, some confined space stuff, uh, but we've kind of made it our own. So you've you got a window that you can throw ladders and VES. You've got stairs that you can push hose up. Uh, of course, a layout you can search. Uh, just about everything you can do without live fire, uh, we, we can do there. We also have a, a training building at one of our substations. It's just a, a large metal building. Uh, and we use that a lot to uh, to build stuff and and set up layouts and search and push hose and uh, and man we we do it with next to nothing some plywood and some pallets. Mm -hmm. uh, you be you you can get so much done. Uh, is it perfect? No, of course not. Uh, but none of us, I don't think, are getting acquired structures all the time to train in. Uh, we can't all go to the training tower all the time, so. Right. I've found that you can, you can make a lot happen with just a little bit. Yeah, no, definitely. Definitely. I mean, you know, firemen are very, uh, 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 man, I forgot the word. It's in my head. I can't, I can see it, but I can't say it right now. Uh, very resourceful <laughs> and, yeah. and they come up with some, some really good ideas with very little, uh, with very little equipment. So the fact that you guys use the pallets, that definitely makes sense. Um, you know, the past that you get the water in to to do apartment style layouts and things of that nature. Uh, definitely, um, it's definitely very intuitive uh, for sure. Um, next topic for you, uh, and it's this definitely one one to be proud of because uh, 
every once I once I mention it, everyone's gonna know. And the fact that that you were able to succeed on this one was is 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 a testament because it's no easy feat. And I, if you can, I'd like for you to you know talk about your experiences. Um, so you are class number two graduate of Basil Ibrahim's one bad tour. Yes, sir. Uh, I, I believe it's it the the comment read that you guys had started out with 31 and finished with 23 or 22. I think it was 22. Okay. That was uh, a long 24 hours. So I'd have to go back and like read social media to know for sure. <laughs> so if you can, can you explain which, I mean, some listeners might not know, but I'm sure most of them are, are, are going to know, but can you explain what one bad tour is? So I, I think Baz, when he puts the class out, uh, and I think he did a, a podcast. It may have been a weekly scrap. Or, he did. He did. He talked about it, uh, and he explains that it's like going into work and it just being a long shift where you catch work constantly. Uh, that's a that's a pretty good example. Uh, mm-hmm. And I made a post on social media when I when we finished and said, you know, as firemen, especially knowing that across the U.S. we're as a whole. We're not going to fires every day. I mean, man, I would love, I'd love to go to the 10 fires a ship, but <laughs> we're just not doing that, right? Right, uh, right. And however, I, and, and I'm just as guilty as the next guy, we all like to say, you know, well, I mean, I could run 10 fires a ship, a ship and it, it'd not be a big deal, and I could rock out every one of them. Um, and because we don't get that opportunity and we're never truly tested, it's easy to say. Uh, this class tests that. Uh, it, it tests really what you're made of and if you can hang for 24 hours. Um, it's like a combination of PT and then skills and then evolutions. And you just repeat that uh, for 24 hours with minimal rest. Uh, and when he says minimal rest, he means minimal rest. <laughs> minimal rest did not mean like, okay, you, you may get a couple hours of sleep. It meant minimum rest. It meant minimum time out of gear. It meant minimum time not wearing an air pack. Uh, it was a great class. One of the best experiences that I've had in the fire service, hands down. Um, we, uh, good dudes too. I, I, I met friends that'll be lifelong friends. Um, my skills were tested. My mentality was tested. Um, when it gets dark and then Bass tells you as soon as we start class, he's like, look, when it gets dark, it gets hard. He's like, your brain wants to go home when it gets dark. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's the truth. There's a uh, PT evolution in the darkness that uh, will make you question why you're there. Uh, and if your why is not strong enough, you'll throw your hands up and go home. Um, it, it's, it's, it's the real deal. Um, I saw guys drop because they felt like they weren't ready and, and needed to drop. I saw guys get dropped on performance, and I saw the cadre have to pull people out on medical. Um, Hydration was a a, a tough battle, um, mm-hmm. or as fighting off cramps. Uh, I don't know that there's an answer. I felt like I did. I felt like I used all the tools in my toolbox, and I still fought cramps hard from about four hours in uh, for the rest of the class. Uh, it was one of those things where your your mind tells you that hey, you know, your body's done. You're cramping. You can't you can't do another push up, or you can't do another jumping jack, or you can't do another search pattern. You can't drag anybody else and you just keep moving forward. Um, and then the, the cadre was great. They were super encouraging. They held the standard. 
they held the standard. And if you weren't holding it, they let you know it. But uh, for the, the vast majority of the class, they were super encouraging. They, they would tell you, you know, look, you got this. Like, you're almost there. It's just reps. It's just firemanship. Just do it. Uh, so one of the best experiences that, that I've had. And I, I'll be happy to answer any questions that you got that I that I know the answer to. So Yeah. Um, so my first would be, um, what's the initial process to, to, uh, uh, to, uh, enter into this training? So there's an application, uh, and no secrets. Once again, Baz has got the, the weekly scrap where he talks about it. Uh, the whole class is attention to detail. Uh, so if you're interested and I highly encourage anybody out there listening to apply, apply for the next class, uh, you won't regret it, but pay attention to the application. Attention to detail is key. Uh, so that's the first process you apply. Uh, as Baz put out on social media, there were a lot of applicants, I think over 300 for this class. Mm-hmm. And then him and his team narrow it down to the lucky ones who, who get to attempt. Okay. Um, once you realize you've been accepted, and, I, and I'm sure you didn't wait last minute, but how did you prepare up to that moment once you knew, hey, I'm going to put in for this class? And whether you get in or not, I'm sure you went and started putting the work in to get ready for this class. Uh, what did you do to prepare yourself for it? So a little bit of backstory on, on that point. Uh, I took Baz's class in Orlando, his eight-hour, one-bad-day class. Okay. So I kind of had an idea of the cadre and what the cl- the that class was set up. Because this, this class is – the same, but also totally different. Uh, so, and I'm also, me and several of my guys have been training for Smoke Diver, uh, different programs across the country, of course. Uh, last year, me and another guy from my department attempted Florida, didn't make it. Uh, so our training has already kind of been there, right? We were already doing that stuff uh, when I applied. And then I wound up not getting into Florida this year. So my goal shifted from, the big goal being like, hey, I'm going to Florida to try smoke diver this year to cheerily focused on one bad tour. Uh, the training was the same, though. I, I, if you're training for one, you're training for the other. Okay. I will tell you that, that a lot of people in class with me told me and made the comment that it was easy to underestimate the class, and I encourage you not to do so. Be ready. It's a, a physically demanding class, as, and then it's mentally demanding, right? Uh, the physical demands aren't what get people. I don't think, I think it's the, the mental demands, uh, but it's definitely a physical class. Don't show up. Not ready. I I think, I think that goes along with uh, a a lot of these programs. Um, I've never attended any of them, but listening to like chief David Rhodes, uh, yourself, Basil, uh, Logan um, from Florida, from Kissimmee, who's, who's taken that class or taking those classes and even um, uh, individuals like Devin Craig. I mean, hell chief Rhodes will tell you the class is not meant to, to get you in shape. You need to be in shape before you start the class. But the main focus of the class is your mind, because once your mind says, Hey, I'm done. And you go, okay, that's it. Like it's all about mental fortitude, mental toughness, knowing that your body's going to say, Hey, I've reached my limit. 
but no, but but go. No, you haven't, and keep pushing. I mean, David Goggins is a perfect example. Granted, <laughs> I think he is a freak of nature. With I've, I've listened to his his I've read his book and listened to the <laughs> audio version. And man, I mean, I, I don't know if I'm on no David Goggins tip, but it, it's true. I mean, I take it back to anything. Like when I'm on my last round of my circuit workout, it's like, okay, I'm going to do one more round and your body's like, no, I'm tired. And then you'll get little cues like, oh, if your knee starts hurting, all right, that's a sign I'm done. No, I kind of go back to, if it's just a little pain, keep pushing or do one more rep or do one more certain, you know, one more round that way you, you will truly be able to figure out what your limit is. Now you can't go from zero to 100. You got to slowly, you know, uh, graduate up to that step. But the mind is, is very powerful. If you tell your mind something, you know, the body will follow. Agreed. Yeah. It's uh, you mentioned that about dog, uh, Goggins and that's, the the once again he's kind of a freaking nature. That mindset is it, it, it's key, and it's really hard to duplicate those kind of mental stressors in a workout. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, you gave a great example. Like you, you have to go to that point where everything in you wants wants to be done. Like you, your body says, "Hey, I'm done," and then you have to do more. Um, and I, I, another, you know. Key is is and, and Logan talks about it, a lot of smoke doctors talk about it, is, is stacking on suffering. So uh we do things like we'll go for a run, you know, run two miles and then very short break straight into gear, do a circuit workout, then come out of gear, do some calisthenics and just stack the suffering on so that you kind of get to that mindset where your mind starts saying, Hey, like you say, my, my knees hurting a little bit or I, I can't do another push up, uh, but then you you do, and then you start learning. Like, yeah, I I, I can do this. It's uncomfortable, and I may not want to, but I can. Uh, having a good group of people around you training too, which I know not everybody's blessed with. Right. I'm extremely blessed with it. The dudes that that I train with on the regular uh, have no quit in them, and I don't know if we have no quit because we're scared to quit on each other. Uh, and and we've talked about that after workouts. Uh, but it really helps push you to that level. I know, like I said, we talk about after workouts that there's times we look at each other and be like, hey, if if you would have stopped on lap two, so one of the things that we've done in the past is we'll do, we call it a ruck, but I'll use that term loosely. Uh, we make laps around the station. Uh, and mm-hmm. if we made it three miles, we made it two miles or whatever. And some of it may be running, like we'll run a lap and then we'll push the sled a lap. And then we'll run a lap and we'll push the sled a lap. And we'll just do that until we finish three miles. They're long, they're grueling. Uh, and there's been several times when me and the guys are doing it. And after it's over, I'm like, look, if, if y'all would have said on lap six that I'm done, like I can't do anymore, I'd be like, yep, me too. Right. But we're all in the mindset. And they, they would say the same thing back to me. They're like, exactly. Like if you would have looked at me and said we quit, we'd have been, we'd have all quit. But because we all just kept going, we all keep going until it's done. So no, I, I have to agree with you. And it, it keyed up a thing that I remember Chief David Rhodes said. He was talking about how in the, in the Georgia Smoke Diver program, you know, before you're done, or I, I'm, so I'm going to be paraphrasing, I think like you have to assemble something at the end in order to 
to to get out and be completely finished. And he's like, what's what what's amazing is when you watch these individuals, when they come out and they're dead tired, they have nothing left in them. And you tell them that they pass. They're ready to go again right then and there, which goes to show you it's all in your mind. Now, granted, yes, you definitely need to listen to your body. If something is extremely hurting, I'm not saying you need to keep pushing. Like, I mean, you know, listening to Goggins example of like broken ankles and he just yeah. wraps the shit yeah. and keeps walking. <laughs> I don't Crazy. know anybody that's going to do that. Crazy. But um, it, it really is. And, and like whenever we do group workout, uh, group workouts too, and you mentioned like somebody goes, hey, I would have been good at three. And you're like, oh, yeah, me too. But the fact that you just kept going builds that camaraderie, builds that mindset of um because i don't i rem, I don't remember who said it best but uh i think it was actually chief frank Viscuso. uh there are no timeouts on the fire ground you can't you can't radio to command and go command i'm gonna need like a quick five yeah. minute break here i'm pretty exhausted <laughs> like nobody does that you have right. to keep going until the until the task or the mission is complete that's right 100 100 percent. i don't know i learned in that in the one bad tour class too, uh, that when you and Goggins talks about it, like you, you reach a point, and I'm sure it's different, and it would be different if it was smoke diver and it was a week long. Uh, but where your mind just figures out, like, hey, there, there's nothing that they can throw at me that I, I can't do at this point. Like, uh, so Baz at the very end of our class was was kind of giving us a hard time and being like, hey, we're gonna throw extra PT at y'all when we finish this final evolution. We didn't go fast enough. We're gonna. And at that point, he could have been like, man, you're going to have to do a thousand up downs. And I said, OK. And I just started doing up downs because like my brain had just gotten to that point where I was like, it, it's not going to matter what you throw at me at this point. I, I've been cramping since four hours in. We're at the 24 hour mark. I'm still moving. So I'm going to keep moving. Uh, and it, if you follow Georgia Smoke Diver, their social media, this last class, there was a guy. I don't know his name. Uh, I, I, I would love to meet him. Uh, but the about day three in you see this smile come over his face mm -hmm. every that. picture that he's in he's smiling and i knew from that day i told my wife you we were scrolling through and i'm looking at pictures I, I of course follow the program and i told her then i'm like this dude this dude's gonna pass no doubt in my mind he's gonna pass because he is smiling in the suffering right he he has reached that point where this is fun to him now and he's having a good time and when you do that like it, it's hard to mentally break at that point. No, I have to agree. And I did see that post. I did see that smile. And I think people actually commented on somebody commented something of that nature, like you said, but I mean, it, it truly is a testament of how, when you can train your mind to do things you don't want to do, how far you'll go, the discipline that you'll instill. I mean, because, you know, I tell everybody, it's not like when I wake up in the morning, I want to go work out. I don't want to work out every day. I do like working out, but there are some days where I don't want to do it. And it's like, you feel like shit when you don't. I mean, granted, yes, you do need off days, but the more you just put that away, tuck it in somewhere and just go out there and, and grind and do it, man. I mean, all you're doing is benefiting yourself to be able to make sure that you can come home at the end of that shift. You can go home and see your wife and kids, things of that nature, because it, it I mean, the fire ground is hard. You're going to be working hard anywhere from 10 to 20, 25 ish minutes. So you got to be prepared to be able to go 
the distance when that call comes out. I, it kills me. And, and uh, it's been talked about, I'm pretty sure on your podcast, a lot of podcasts, the guys who are like, I don't want to work out. I'll be ready when the tones drop. Man, that's the biggest cop out I've ever heard in my life. You're not ready now. You won't be ready when the tones drop, but that's okay because I'm going to be ready. Uh, and it, it, that mentality drives me insane. Uh, and I and I hear it at, at my firehouse and I know that, that everybody in the fire service hears it. Uh, but yeah, if you're not ready before the tones drop, you're not going to be ready when they when they drop. Uh, yeah. People who tell me, you know, I, I don't want to do a hard workout on shift because what if we you catch get a call? Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. I, I'm like, well, in, in Baz's classes is a great example. Well, what if you finish this first fire fight and then we catch another call? Like, what are you going to do then? And if you can't complete a simple workout and recover from that and be able to do your job, to the fullest ability that maybe it's time to find another profession. Like it, this is what we signed up for. No, I agree. 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 Uh, what was the moment? Like, what was the, what was your feeling when I, and I don't know how they announced it, but when you knew you were done and you were one of the 22 to successfully class class two. Humbled and, and, and proud of, there was, you know, there were smoke divers that, that had completed Georgia's program or Indiana's program or Oklahoma's program that were in there with us. Uh, and just humbled to be a part of a group of guys like that, that, that were willing to go the distance uh, and to hang in through, through all of it and suffer together. Uh, and, you know, proud of, of myself and the fact that my mind didn't quit on me, my body didn't quit on me. Uh, if you had asked me, you know, 12 hours in, like, hey, how are you feeling? I don't know that I would have been like, man, I feel great. This is the easiest thing I've ever done. In fact, I, I know I wouldn't have said that. Uh, but just, just keeping pushing forward, keep moving forward. Uh, so, yeah, just just humbled and proud. Awesome, man. Like I said, it's a testament. Congratulations. Uh, that's no easy feat for sure. I mean, you know, you hear countless stories of people that – whether it's uh, one bad tour, uh, any sort of smoke diver program, individuals that fail the first time and keep going and going and going until they finally pass. I mean, you know, Devin Craig is a prime example. His wife was like, you're going this time and you're coming back with the damn win. And he was like, yes, ma'am. And he went and he did it. Granted, preparation plays a big factor uh, uh a little bit of luck hopefully you know you're not dealing with injury or sickness like it just has to be the perfect storm but like i said the fact that you had a goal in mind you went you took it you passed it man and it doesn't and one thing i like with anybody that takes these programs you know they're they're not saying like once you obtain this like you're better than anybody no it's not what it's about it's about kind of maintaining the standard, but it is something very proud. I mean, I'd be proud and, you know, boastful about it, of course, in a, in a polite fashion, but it is, it is an accomplishment. So man, congrats on that. Yeah. And, I, and I'll say that, you know, I've had people that have completed smoke diver program and, and any program like this. Uh, and, and even when I, I wasn't successful in the Florida program, uh, the instructor said, you know, a lot of people set these goals and like the class is the goal. The class is the goal. What I've found is that it's really not the class is the goal and finishing the class is the goal. But the process is really where the magic happens, right? Uh, even if if you, for instance, when when I fell out of smoke diver and instructors were like, I guarantee you, you're a better fireman today 
than you were when you started preparing for this program. And that's the truth. You know, uh, I didn't make it very far in the program, uh, but I spent a year and a half training for that to get to where I was then. And, and I have to be better because I spent the hours to be better. Uh, so I think that's important to say too, like uh, if you, if you train for it and you go and you don't make it, don't be super discouraged. Right. Because the magic's in the process. Uh, it, it's not in the, the finishing. Uh, I, I know people who have finished smoke diving programs and then they're like, man, I don't, Training is not the same. Like, I don't feel like I have a goal to train for. Uh, and I imagine that would like suck. And I think that that's why you see a lot of smoke divers go to multiple programs, right? Because they're, they're always wanting that carrot so that they've got something to push for so that they hold that standard. Uh, because finishing the class, it's really and truthfully just proven that you can hold the standard. And then you have to spend the rest of your career holding the standard. Mm-hmm. It's not like you check the box and like, Hey, I finished this class. Now I can go kick back in the recliner. Uh, so, yeah, I think that the process is where the magic happens. All right. I like it. Uh, before we we uh, before we wrap up, is there anything, anything you want to say that to any, anybody listening, uh, words of encouragement or, or whatever's on your mind? This is this is your your time. Yeah, I, I would just say that, you know, take this job, take the oath. Uh, and be serious about it. I mean, it, it is it is an oath and we, we are swearing to protect our citizens and to show up like it's our worst day, not just their worst day. Uh, my buddy, Jay Michael, you know, he said it, Beth, it, it, it's, you're taking an oath, take it serious and have fun doing it. If you're not having fun doing it, then you're probably not doing the right thing. Uh, whether that be you're in the, the wrong profession or you're just doing it the wrong way. Uh, so take it serious, have fun doing it, train hard, be ready when the tone drop. All right. Well, Jason, I, I truly appreciate it, man. Appreciate you taking some time out to uh, talk some talk some shop. Uh, I definitely wanted to add when I saw the, the 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 post that your wife did, and your wife takes like amazing pictures too, by the way, like really good pictures um, of the tour and that you were successful. I was like, perfect. Like another thing I can ask him, uh, you know, to 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 talk about. And uh, like I said, that's no easy feat, man. So. Um, Kudos to you, man. 100% on Thank that. Appreciate it. All right, pal. Um, we'll talk soon. Absolutely. All right, if any of the listeners out there are or know of a great firefighter who embodies the principles of being a great communicator, goal-oriented, hardworking, humble, passionate, and professional, regardless of rank, career, or volunteer, Contact me at student of the game fire podcast at gmail.com. Until next time, stay focused, stay committed, and stay safe.